Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Welcome to Private Club Radio. It's so good to have you here once again. Glad to be with you. Glad to be talking. I just got over the flu. Last week I had the flu. Luckily it happened between shows, so... I was able to do Monday's show just barely, left early on Monday, had the flu for a few days. I've now recovered and I'm back here for this Monday. It worked out well. This is going to be an exciting episode. We're going to tackle the burning membership and marketing questions that come from all over the country in the segment we call The Inbox, where Rick Coffey will join us. And I've actually got a little surprise guest Rick Coffey doesn't know about joining us. We're going to have a lot of fun. you got to make sure that you stay tuned through the entire segment because at the end of it, we're going to get him. We're going to get Rick Coffey really, really good. All right. Well, there is some big news out of Alexandria, Virginia. Club Management Magazine has named their 2017 Club Executive of the Year, and that is Richard L. LaRocca, CCMCCE. He's the 2017 Club Executive of the Year. Congratulations, Richard. He has served as Chief Operating Officer and General Manager of the Country Club of Orlando here, only about an hour away from Tampa in Orlando, Florida. Congratulations, Richard, for that great accomplishment. We'll have to get Richard on the show. We've had the last two Club Executives of the Year, Greg Patterson, about two years ago, and of course, Tara Waldron we had on the show I guess about three or four months ago. Those were both wonderful episodes, by the way. So make sure you go back and take a listen to those two. And uh, you're going to learn a lot from those folks. And we'll try to get Richard here on the show in the next couple months and talk to him about what he's done there in Orlando. Awesome stuff. All right. Well, I'm not going to tease this this too long this morning. I'm just going to go ahead and introduce Mr. Rick Coffey. And here we go. It's time for The Inbox. And now, it's time to open up the inbox. Join your hosts, Gabriel Aloisi and Rick Coffey, as they tackle the most important questions in the private club industry. Well, hello, friends. This is Rick Coffey with Club Essential, and this is the inbox, a tradition like any other. Hey, Gabe Aloisi, it's Rick Coffey. (laughs) <laughs> Do I sound like Jim Nance there? Well, I think we might have some CBS copyright issues. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all right. We're, we're not that big yet at this time. Well, welcome, everybody. It, it is the seventh edition of the Inbox. I mean, that's pretty special just to be able to say that we've done six successfully uh, before Gabe. But uh, this, this month, we have about six questions that came in that I think are almost like an AP class, if I remember back to high school. These yeah. ones are some top-notch questions. I look forward to them to answering with you. How you been, my friend? Yeah, no, it's been great, man. Doing a lot of traveling. We were in Nashville together for the PCMA conference. Was up in uh, Michigan at a uh, Spring Meadows Country Club and over in New Jersey as well at a couple of my clients. So I've been doing a lot of traveling. It's good to be back here in Tampa for this week before I head off to Pittsburgh. How about you, man? Well, I've been well. Yeah, thanks. And uh, you were down there, you know, since the last inbox, Hurricane Irma obviously impacted a a great deal of Florida with a lot of private clubs. How did everything go uh, for you in Tampa? Tampa luckily was spared. Uh, It was supposed to hit here as like a category three or four and it only came as a category one. So 
we got extremely lucky and some other places weren't as lucky as we are. So definitely blessed here in Tampa. Yeah, it was, it was nice to talk to some people from down in the Naples area at the PCMA conference. And I heard some, some tough stories, but yeah. I think they're very resilient and they're coming out of it. So just yep. glad everybody was safe. Yep. Well, let's, right. let's get into some, uh, let's get into some questions here. My first question comes from Ashley Cervarella from the Reunion Resort. Question number one. Hi, this is Ashley from Reunion Resort in Orlando, Florida. I was wondering if you could share a unique processing technique that you found measurably successful. That's a good question. Yeah. One thing that I really like is I, I call them hyper-targeted office visits. So what hap- I'll tell you a real-life story that happened to me. One day, someone walks in my office and they just hand this really nondescript kind of cigar-looking box to me. It was like a wooden box. I open up the box and inside is a wanted poster with my picture on it and a Nerf gun. And what it, what it said is, uh, wanted Gabriel Aloisi for partnership uh, at... Uh, our agency. And basically what it was, it was another marketing agency in Orlando wanted to partner with my company here in Tampa. And they did this to a a few of the agency owners in Tampa as they were trying to get into this market. I just thought that was such a cool idea. It was so personal. It was, it was for me. And so I love these hyper targeted uh, out. I think it's outside the box where where you really go after specific prospects. Maybe you make that first connection on LinkedIn and you know that it's the right person for your club. And you send somebody out with a little package, something special from the club. It could be, uh, it could be a free round of golf or a complimentary uh, cocktail uh, reception for prospective members, something like that. I think that could be pretty cool. How about you, Rick? What have you seen that's a little bit outside the box? Yeah, that's what I wanted to share here. Is a little, you know, she asked for unique items here, so I don't want to go run of the mill. I got a couple items. You know, when I say across the country, a lot of people still do the month to month. Uh, open house receptions where, you know, that, that sort of leads to somebody coming into a spot and having a lot of anxiety of what's, what's this night going to be like? What I think we should do more on the prospecting trail is a lot of, a lot of us are getting most of our leads now through the website coming through the inquiry form. So I think once you reach out to those people for the first time, ask them a lot about their interests on that first initial call and, and then use that information to set up a member for a day appointment. That's what I see when, I, when I'm talking to some clubs across the country is they're trying to get more away from the let's capture everybody one night and make it sort of uncomfortable. And now they're taking the, the individual preferences of each of these prospects and letting them come out to the club, obviously uh, have some supervision during that day. But if a, a fan, it's a young family and they want to start the day at the pool transition into maybe lunch on a patio and then two of them maybe play golf in the evening. Let them experience the wide array of your club uh, throughout the day and do it individually so that they're not feeling so anxious about what this one day event uh, you know, might be. And then a secondary one would be, I always love this one, having contacting the local high school golf teams, you know, and typically your driving range is not going to be very busy on an afternoon, uh, you know, in the early evening, those kind of things. Get the high school golf teams to be able to come maybe once a, once a week to practice on your driving range. And, and we all know that if we can get kids involved at a, at a certain place, the parents are really going to spend whatever they want on there. So, so what you're looking at is you obviously have juniors who know the game. They, they love the golf game. They're probably respectful of, of a country club there. 
And usually the parents are obviously going to want to have that interest as well. So open up your driving range, maybe for a couple of uh, local high school golf teams to use, and then, you know, get their information, get the parents information. And, and I think that could be a unique way to, to for a new prospecting channel. I love that. I, in fact, I was just at my club last night, in fact, and I look out and there's Rondé Barber, one of my favorite Buccaneers of all time. He's out there. And the reason he was there is because his daughter is on one of the local high school golf teams and she was practicing out at our club. So there you go. That was pretty cool to see. Really, That yeah, was cool. I saw that posting. That's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah, I love him. He was a great guy for the Bucks back in the day with Super Bowl champions. Uh, we're a little bit removed from those days right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next question comes from Tony Copa of Cedar Point Country Club. Question number two. Hi, Rick. This is Tony Coppa, General Manager and Membership Director at Cedar Point Country Club in Suffolk, Virginia. My question for you today is about membership marketing materials. Our membership packet is primarily filled with documents and has a lot of words, which requires a lot of reading. How can short videos, pictures, and media best be incorporated into our website, our Facebook page, and our marketing materials in order to portray a lifestyle message to prospective members? I love Tony. He's one of my favorite clients across the country here. He's a GM and a membership director. So I, I love that he can wear both hats and do it very well. I'm actually seeing, I, I do think, I mean, obviously you have to have some folders there for, for some people to hand some information to, but I think the days of having collateral folders at, at private clubs are pretty much dead here. And so I basically want to open the windows to the club, not through print collateral. I want it to be on some of those social media platforms here. And I'll just basically speak to, to three Facebook, just because of the, the sheer size of the audience that you can reach on there, but also Instagram and YouTube, anything that you're talking about in those, those print materials, make a short video and put it on YouTube, create your own channel on side of there, especially same with Instagram. On those kind of channels, you're not talking about selling the club. You're just, you know, the collateral pieces of old were just a way to tell somebody, here's what we have. But now we got new ways to do that. And especially with the younger demographic doing everything on their phone, if you can relay that information about what is available at your club and do it on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, I think that's what you got to do. And I think you'll find it to be very successful. You as a marketing guru, I expect a very good answer here from you. What's your thoughts? Well, if Tony is going to use print collateral, and some clubs clubs do need it, you know, maybe they're older clubs or whatever, and there needs to be some some print collateral out there. I think one creative way, be, what happens is video links are not very print friendly. It's you know, right. com slash byxc seven nine, and it's not it's not really easy for someone to type that in. What you can do in that case is use a, a URL shortener. The one I use is called Bitly. It's B-I-T dot L-Y is the website, Bitly. And you can create a Bitly link that's uh, something more relatable or something easier for someone to type. So it could be, uh, if you want to see an overview of our holes of our course, go to bitly.com slash XYZ Country Club. Uh, and you can see a, a video course overview. You can actually set the name of what that link is to, to relate to what the video is that you're producing. And so that's one way that if you're using printed collateral, you can use a video link on it and kind of get best of both worlds there. So you've got the video online and you've got a way for people to access it that's easy for them to type in. So would you say, would you suggest, I basically said the, the death of the print collateral is, is upon us. What's your thoughts on print, print collateral at a country club? 
Well, I, I, I think it depends on the club and the culture. Every, every right. club is going to be a little bit unique. Some, at some point, I think obviously a lot of newsletters are becoming digital now and, and certainly there's less and less need for it to be in print form. Yeah. Although there's, you know, you're going to, for the next 10, 10, 15 years or so, there's going to be demographics of people that still want their stuff in, in printed form. So I, I don't think it's going to be completely dead, but definitely that we're going to see a little bit less of it here moving forward. Good. All right. Well, our third question basically just leaves me out uh, to do nothing. So I'll, <laughs> this comes from a, a good friend of mine, Jen Weiss at the club at Flying Horse. And uh, she asked this question just for you. Question number three. Gabe, are you aware of guerrilla marketing? Have you seen this work in the private club industry? And if so, do you have any examples? Jen, I love this question. In fact, my middle name is Gorilla. Just call me Gabriel Gorilla Aloisi. I love Gorilla Marketing. It's something that I've used in my own business and I've used with a lot of my clients as well. There's a whole section in my book that I dedicate to getting out there and networking. And so for me, the ultimate Gorilla Marketing tactic is just being a, a feet on the street and getting out there to some of the networking events that are happening in your community. Most business networking events are generally going to be filled with people that are potential members for your club. They're business owners. They probably have a little bit higher net worth and whatnot. And it's a great place to meet some people and do some guerrilla tactics with them. Obviously, you'll want some things. You know, I mentioned earlier in the, in the broadcast here, we talked about those hyper-targeted office visits. I think, again, that's a, a really great way to, to use a guerrilla tactic to go after a hyper-targeted uh, demographic out there, maybe to pick out 20 or 40 people that you could invite to your local uh, baseball game or a hockey event or something that's happening. You rent down a suite for the club and, and just entertain some guests that way. I think doing some of those things, you can have a lot of fun with. So I love guerrilla marketing. I'd love to see clubs get out there and do a little bit more of it because it can be really effective when it's, when it's really one-on-one rather than one-to-many. You can be much more personal and, and just have a lot of fun with it. So great question, Jen. Thanks for asking it. Gabe, is it time for me to come back? Yeah, we'll, we'll let you back in. We'll let you back in here. I think this, this question is pr- pretty much for you, Rick. So this next one comes from Melissa at Old Cypress. And here's what Melissa asks. Question number four. Good morning, Gabe and Rick. Melissa Hansen here, Marketing and Membership Director at the Club at Old Cypress in Naples, Florida. My question is on email marketing. We all know how crucial email marketing is in this day and age. Do you suggest purchasing a targeted email list or only marketing to the prospective members and buyers that we have in our CRM database? Thank you. Yeah, that's a good question. And I I sort of tried to dive into this at a a couple of my last clubs. And I did find that when I was purchasing lists, which I did, which would be like the new home buyer list, I would always purchase them. But you're just getting address information and maybe some phone numbers there. But when you talked about, can I get their email addresses? The list providers would always really say, you know, this is, this is something that can be very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would tell Melissa that, yeah, I think I would just stick to those leads that are coming in. Um, but what I would do is try to, again, personalize everything right from the, the get-go. Mm-hmm. What I see across the country is basically, you know, those first initial responses basically become canned responses just because they, they want to automate it and make it easy to do. But again, I think it's very important to find out why that person just came to you. What are they interested in? And then reach back to them with something that's very personalized to them, have their names on it and talk about the things at your clubs that, that fits their interests there. 
So I, I would stay away from the, the purchasing the email marketing list and just stick with everything in your CRM, but then make it very personalized. Good What's stuff. your thoughts? Yeah, good stuff there, Rick. I agree with you there. There's two problems with purchase lists. Number one is that nobody likes to be sold to. And so when you're purchasing a cold list, it's really hard to get them engaged because they don't really want to hear from you to begin with. They don't, and this is the first contact that they're having with you. Now, if it, if it was the third, fourth, fifth contact that they have with you, and now you're sending them an email, that's a completely different story. But people really kind of view their, their email as sacred these days. It's kind of like the junk mail of old. We hated getting junk mail in the, in the mailbox, and now we hate getting it in our email. So that's, that's the first problem with it. The second problem with it is, is really the legality issues of purchasing a list. So if you purchase a list... What you really need to do to be what they call can spam compliant is to actually first send out an email, which is called an opt-in email to let people opt into your list. So you have to ask them, hey, Rick, could I actually start sending you, you all these sales messages? And what do you think that the, the answer is going to be? It's going to be really low. The other way to do the email blast is to have the email provider send it on your behalf. But again, to a cold list who doesn't know who you are, you're, you're having generally to use a minimum of 10,000 records just to, just to get a response from 100 people. So it's not very efficient. And you'd be, you'd be lucky if you had 100 people actually respond to it. So I think those are the two problems that it has going for it. I'd rather see you invest your time and energy on building a list of people who are actually interested to begin with and being members of the club. And you can do that by reaching out to them on LinkedIn and building your email list there. And there's some other strategies to do that that are a little bit more personal. So completely agree with you there, Rick. Good stuff. Yeah, good answer there, Gabe. I like that. Yep. Question number five. All right. So the fifth question for the inbox comes from Stephanie Loza of Claremont Country Club out west. Extending the age cap for the junior program to accommodate the the late millennials. Have you guys seen this work? And if not, uh, how are people accommodating these new millennials? I just ran into this in a club I'm consulting with just the other day. And and what we did, what we had decided was that their current junior membership or their junior young executive category started at 35. And we were able to get the board to buy into raising that number to 40. And I've seen it as, as 40. I've seen it go even as high as 45. Mm-hmm. Not unheard of. And I, I think in general, clubs are in the dues business. So, you know, the dues is really what we want these, these members to start paying. I think you could take a little bit of a hit on the initiation fee in order to do that. Um, now, even the executive uh, levels are sometimes little slightly lower dues and things like that. But get them in there get them having fun, get them excited about your what you're doing at the club, and they're going to stick around with you for 20, 30 years. And so you've really got to think about this as a long-term plan. And I think sometimes clubs are a little bit short-sighted. So uh, my, my, my advice is, to, is definitely raise it up to 40, 45, whatever you think might work in your market. I don't think that's a bad thing. And I don't think you're devaluing your brand at that point. Rick, what do you think about it? Yeah, thanks for the the question, Stephanie. So here on the inbox, we like to answer the question, but then we like to take it a little bit further. So obviously, yes, I do see that the age cap has certainly risen. And I actually think, Gabe, that 45 is becoming more of the norm than even 40 Mm -hmm. from what I've seen across the area. But okay, let's get past that. What else can we do to attract these kind of people? And I'm 38, and so I'm just outside the millennial range, but I'm fitting into that junior category at most clubs now. What what would be important to me when it comes to the dollar amounts at a club? 
my generation has a lot of like leases of vehicles, leases of cell phones. And so what you know is the monthly payment, you know what you're going to pay. And that's why the lease has become so popular across the country. And so what I see a lot happening now is instead of having a dues or in a monthly structure where everything's a la carte, a lot of millennials aren't used to that. They may have not grown up in the private country club like it used to be 20 years ago. And so what they don't understand is when they look at that, they can't get their head around, well, how much is it actually going to cost me to be a member of this club? So for this generation, I think it's very important to look at your all your costs, all your structures, and then make it an inclusive number so that it's very easy to present to this new younger person. And they can then easily get their head around, okay, I can afford that. And I know that beyond that, that's guest fees and my food might cost more than this. But basically, I understand that when I come to this club every month, my monthly bill is going to be around that number. I think if you can now present your due structure in a way that's very easy for these younger members to understand and get their heads around, you're going to become much more desirable than those clubs around you who might have this a la carte uh, fee structure as well. Yeah, Rick, but what do you say to the people that say, but that's the way we've always done it. No, we don't want to see our club change. Well, they have to, you know, Gabe, and, and that's why your your consulting process is doing so well. And, you know, people are starting to understand that, that you just can't do the things that you used to do. And if you do, you're just going to continue to spiral down. So that's why the inbox has been so successful. That's why PCMA has been so successful. And that's why your company has been so successful, because people understand they need to, new ways to do things and they need help in understanding that. So that's why we're here to help. Yeah, good stuff there, Rick. I completely agree with you. Now, Rick, during your PCMA presentation in Nashville, someone yeah. asked you a question. I thought it'd be great to get that question here on the inbox so that we could all benefit from your wisdom. So, Rick, this question's for you. Do you think that the use of landing pages and email campaigns is a good method? I do. And, and my partner in that presentation, Karen Kaplan from Club Essential, she answered that question during this. So it's my opportunity to, to give my, my example here. Yes, the landing pages are nice. And for those who, who may not know what a landing page is, it's basically a link to a specific page on your website. And so oftentimes you'll, you'll get emails that'll, that'll say, if you're interested, click here. Well, that's taking you to a specific page. And so that gives us the opportunity to basically focus the prospect into an area that you want. And it's just like if I if I had a cat and I had a pointer pen, I could you know put the, the pen on the wall and the cat's going to look at the wall. Well, that's what we want to do. We don't want to have them go through our entire website and sort of have their focus taken away by different areas. If we have a concise message, a, maybe an incentive that we want them to see, we can tease that in the body of the email that we're sending out, tease them to go to this, this landing page that we've created specifically for whatever we're talking about. And so that's what I like about landing pages is it's, it's ultra focused. You can control the message and you can control where those people are going. And then once they're, once they're on the web page, maybe you have then a form for them to fill out that once they fill that out, that gives you the information and maybe goes into your CRM. So it's, it's just a nice way of focusing so that the prospect uh, can't lose the attention. Have you ever used? What's your thoughts on landing pages? No, I completely agree with you. I think you're, you're dead on there, Rick. And I know everyone who was at your presentation really enjoyed it. I've heard a lot of good things. So you got some webinars coming up too, don't you? Are you giving some Club Essential webinars here? I do have a couple webinars coming up. Uh, we have a, a very uh, new sort of methodology coming out that'll be in addition to our CRM called the Member Retention Module. And 
this. <laughs> we hope that GMs are going to find this to be amazingly easy. Uh, and so we're going to talk about the top five new features of the member retention module next Wednesday, uh, the 11th at 2 p.m. And then uh, I'm going to be doing a webinar coming off of the, the national presentation that I did there. So what we did, Gabe, is we surveyed membership directors all across the country and asked them 25 questions about their entire sales process that they have. And then the second step was for Karen and I to do that presentation at the national conference. And then the third step, PCMA and Club Essential are going to combine to take those survey results and, and encapsulate them into a report to be sent out to everybody across the, the country who helped with that survey. And then the fourth step will be a conjunction uh, webinar that PCMA and Club Essential are going to put together to talk about how we can improve the sales process across the country uh, here in the private club industry. So very exciting stuff. What's uh, anything, new, anything new with you? Uh, you oftentimes have new things coming out every month. What's next for Gabe Aloise? <laughs> uh, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put together a little short webinar here. Uh, well, I shouldn't call it a webinar. It's going to be an online training, really. And uh, it's just going to be, it's going to be short, like a 30 minute. It's going to be something you can consume on demand. You don't have to be there live. And it's going to be kind of priced where it's, it's really affordable to attend. But I think it's something that everyone needs to use. The world is changing here. If I, what I, here's what I, what I say. If I was to stand in 2001, Rick Coffee and say, there's this new fancy, shiny uh, thing coming out on the interwebs called Google. <laughs> Have yeah. you, uh, you're going to want to know about Google because if you can get to the top of Google, you can make more money. The same thing is actually happening right now. The, the, the world of, of how people are going to search online is going to drastically change in the next two to three years with artificial intelligence. And so I'm going to be giving my secrets and what I've learned doing all the research here about how AI is going to affect our online experiences. It's going to change the world. Wow. And I want everyone to know this. So we're going to do a little webinar about that. That's exciting. Yeah. I mean, you're always a step ahead of, of everyone. So I look forward to, to joining you there. Well, Gabe, it was, it was awesome seeing you again in Nashville for the 2017 PCMA National Conference. What's your takeaways from the event? I thought it was wonderful. I'll give my little synopsis, but what were your takeaways? Well, I, I think the education was top-notch. The conference started off with Jeff McFadden talking about uh, you know, the future of, of clubs and the industry and and what's going on and the exciting things that are happening at the Union League Club. And it just continued on from there, really just filled with education. I thought the room was lively, a good mix of people, and just really enjoyed being there in Nashville. Yeah, I, I thought learning about from Jeff McFadden, learning about the, the Union League of, of Philadelphia was amazing. I've never seen the breadth of items that they do from buying a bungalow on the South shore of New Jersey. I mean, that's incredible, you know, and then uh, one of the main speakers on that first day, he was just able to tell stories, story after story. And I think that was a big thing for uh, us membership directors to see is how, when you're not just giving features and benefits to, to prospects, but you tell a story, how much more engaged a, an audience can be. It was like all of us were leaning in every time he was telling the story. That was like one of the takeaways I took is when you're able to tell a story to a prospect that you're going to be have them much more engaged. Yep. Yeah. The, I mean, the other thing is just the camaraderie that takes place. And we hung out with our friend Dan Schmitz of KE Camps, who uh, joined us as well as Brandon uh, Towns of Club Mark. We had just a good time, of a uh, little guy good time. Guys, yeah. And uh, actually, I got, I got a, something a little surprise you might not know. 
I've actually got Dan Schmitz on the line, on the Private Club Radio right. hotline. He has something to talk to us about. Dan, how is it going, man? Hey, guys. It's, uh, it's going over here yeah. in New Jersey. I had a great time at PCMA. It was, it was wonderful to, to hang out with all you guys. But Gabe, there's some stuff you don't know about Rick, and he's far too humble to share with you. Um, really? I just okay. put together a few things that maybe people don't know about Rick because, you know, he's a really special guy. All right. So uh, maybe you could give us your top five then, Dan. What are the sure, top I'll five things that you don't I know had, about Rick? I had about 300, but I'll, I'll narrow it down to five. <laughs> can, can we stop um, recording at this moment? <laughs> oh, no, we're rolling. We're rolling. Oh, no, Rick. Uh, you know, Gabe, you, you went to the bathroom one time uh, when we were out having some ginger ale. And, um, and Rick told me, he shared a few things. And I'm going to share five with you. So number five. number five, did you know that Rick Coffee can kill two stones with one bird? Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. That's awesome. The, the, no. Number four would be that Rick Coffey actually knows Victoria's Secret. Wow. I find fascinating. And, and I think. Wouldn't have guessed it. I won't yeah, share. He, he wouldn't, he wouldn't tell share. me. But, um, you know, that's I know. Awesome. Cool. Number three. The third thing you may not know about Rick is that he doesn't dial the wrong number. You just answer the wrong phone. <laughs> I love it. Number two. Yeah, and, and the second oh, thing is Lord. that is that Rick Coffey has counted to infinity twice <laughs> in the same day yeah my four-year-old son has tried but he's you know he gets to like 54 and, and we're out but rick <laughs> twice in the same day yeah wow number one and, and the one thing that i think was really cool to learn about rick was that he keeps a diary mm-hmm. yeah which is really sensitive of rick very true but it's, it's called the guinness book of world record <laughs> <laughs> That's how amazing this guy is. I thought I'd share those things. Oh, the inbox has gone off wow. the rails. It's wow. getting crazy. I have to run, but thanks for having me on, guys. I wanted to share those fascinating facts about Rick Coffey. This guy is one of a kind. Yeah. That's Dan Schmitz from KE yeah. Camps. Everybody check his site out, kecamps.com, and put one of them in your club next summer. Bye, Dan. See you, guys. Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of The Inbox. Rick, thanks so much again for hosting. We can't wait to see you back here next month on another edition of The Inbox. Want to be on the next edition of The Inbox? Visit privateclubradio.com slash inbox and leave us a voicemail. The best questions will get answered on the show. I have a lot of fun doing that one every month. Many, many thanks to all those who asked their questions this month. And thanks again to Rick Coffey, who puts it all together each month for us. He does a great job organizing everything and making sure all the questions are there. And he really produces that segment. So if you see him, say thank you. All right, that's it for this week. I'll catch you back next week. Until then, here's to your membership success. Private Club Radio is brought to you by the Private Club Agency the premier marketing and consulting firm dedicated to helping clubs increase and retain their membership. Visit privateclubagency.com to learn more.